Welcome to the Pubcast, your inside look at electronic publishing. From ebooks to websites to podcasts and more, join us as we interview the professionals on the cutting edge of publishing. Hi, I'm Ariana Colozo. Hey, I'm Ryan. I was the editor-in-chief of Words Apart. I'm now uh, the features editor of Words Apart, and I'm here to talk about electronic publishing. So first, tell me about yourself. Are you a grad student at Emerson? Yeah, I'm a grad student at Emerson, my second year in the MFA program. I was the editor-in-chief of Words Apart magazine, which is an online magazine, from February of 2014 until March 26th this year. Can you describe the magazine? Yeah, uh, Words Apart is a biannual magazine out of Emerson. We use both graduate and undergraduate students on our editing staff. Our focus is social justice, and every issue we pick a new theme. So our last one was mental health. The one before that was social privilege and the intersections of social privilege, and so on and so forth. We pick a new issue to focus on for each issue. How did the magazine begin? Were you on the founding staff for it? No, I was the first editor-in-chief that wasn't on the founding staff, though. So it started in 2009 or 10, maybe 11. It was founded by Luke Jones and Keith Gabbery. They were a fiction MFA and a poetry MFA, respectively. Luke wanted to start a magazine because he felt like he hadn't gotten into Redivider or Plowshares early enough. And he was always really interested in social justice issues. Nice. So you said you were editor-in-chief and now you're features editor. Have you held any other positions on the magazine? Yeah, before I was editor-in-chief, I was a fiction editor and a copy editor. So I've done a lot of the, the different jobs so far. So how did you get involved um, with Words Apart? I met Luke Jones at AWP a year before I started at Emerson. And he told me when I came to Emerson, I should look out for Words Apart and maybe do some work for him. I took him up on the offer. Cool. Did you also write for the magazine or did you just work on the staff? We don't technically publish staff, any section out of features. But I have done a feature on blindness in the movies, or blind at the movies, I think it was called, about just the way the media negatively portrays disabilities. I interviewed Roxanne Gay for our issue on social privilege, and I, uh, I, intro- I did the introductions for every issue. I was editor-in-chief, and I introduced the yellow wallpaper in the current issue. How do you find writers for the magazine? Is it open to grad and undergrad? It's open to grad, undergrad, and as well as people not from Emerson's campus. So the people from Emerson are easier to find you ask the people in your classes, you put up posters. For the other folks, it's a little harder to hunt them down. I try and find the people who are the Shaylin Hogan of other departments. You know how many emails you get from Shaylin every week? They're all like, this magazine wants us. Words Apart tries to be that magazine, get submissions that way. Um, we also advertise, we have a Duotrope page, which is great. We got ourselves into new pages. We're trying to get into the Review Review, which is a magazine that just reviews other magazines. And we're trying to get onto the Council of Literary Magazine Publishers. And we also do a lot of word of mouth stuff. And we solicit a little bit. When Word the Part has like, trouble getting um, some great stuff, we have had trouble in the past. If you look through, we don't publish as much stuff as other people because our emphasis is publishing quality, not quantity. But we don't get enough for a genre, say, we didn't get enough for fiction, our fifth issue on social privilege. We normally ask people who are 
we know are good writers and we ask them for specific pieces. You don't always get specific piece, but you get normally good work if you know that person's a good writer. Um, I know like the New Yorker and Plowshares, those kind of magazines do a lot of solicitation. They just happen to know a lot of great writers as well. They have the reputation too. So do you market the mag outside of that? Do you publicize it in any other way? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, basically any social media platform. We try we try and get on people's newsletters. We're trying to partner with Timber Magazine. They're out of uh, the University of Boulder, Colorado, I believe. And we're going to advertise for them and they'll advertise for us. We'll probably try and do the same thing with Redivider and just try and partner with other magazines and have the people who read our magazine look at their magazines, the people who read their magazines look at our magazine. Nice, so you're trying to take it nationally. Yeah, yeah, we, we would very much like to be. We take submissions nationally already. It's so like you put it on the Facebook call for submission pages and you get quite a few places, like just from people from everywhere. We had a guy from India in our fifth issue. We had uh, people from Washington, D.C., Tennessee, Florida, and outside the South, too. But just people from all over submit. How do you go about choosing what gets in the magazine and what doesn't? Uh, we have, a, I think, a fairly typical structure. So we have fiction editors, poetry editors, nonfiction editors, and they go through the slush. And uh, we get maybe 100 poems, 20 pieces of nonfiction, 20 pieces of fiction per issue. And so they'll go through that and they'll recommend what they think is publishable to me, or at least they would have when I was the editor-in-chief. And I get the final call whether it's good or not. And I always try to give them a lot of leeway, but I do push back if I don't think something's good enough. And so how do you publish based on themed versus unthemed? Because I saw you accept both in the magazine. Yeah, we prefer themed work, but our submission pool is currently just too small to do a whole themed magazine. And when you ask for a theme, you say mental health, it just breaks down in a weird way. So like 10 pieces on depression, one piece on uh, bipolar disorders, and like half a piece on schizophrenia. And the piece on schizophrenia is probably a horror story. And it's probably not what you're looking for. And it's a poor representation. And so you always get where things kind of don't fit your theme. And that leads to a lot of soliciting. It also leads to like publishing unthemed work because everything's about depression. We don't want a magazine that's just our mental health issue to be just about depression. We want other stuff in it too. I don't know why I chose depression because it's not really the case in this issue. Who chooses the magazine themes? How do you guys choose those? Up to now, we've done it democratically. So we have our editors suggest what themes they would like to try and tackle. And then we go through them, we shorten the list, and we do a Google Doodle, and all of our editors vote. The mental health issue is real close. It was like 7666. One of the six was Native American. One was gender orientation. Are there any themes that you'd really like to see in the future? What I would really like to see is for the magazine to just grow. I'm happy with whatever themes the editors choose. I was really happy with mental health and social privilege and getting to be editor-in-chief for those. I would hope that they don't repeat frequently and they can keep growing and finding new themes and that Words Apart keeps being a home for diverse voices. Do you know what your readership is for the magazine now? What do you mean? How many people read it? I would say around 500. We had a, a nice little readership. I'd like it to be much bigger, but 
I'm sure the editor of The New Yorker is somewhere right now talking about how they want their readership to be that much bigger. Exactly. I mean, it's only a few years old. Yeah. How is this helping your future career? What do you want to do in the future? That's the the $60,000 a student loan <laughs> question. Um, I'm not sure what I want to do right now. I'm working towards, I have a lot of freelance work I do. I would love to be sustainable as just a writer and sell enough articles and stories and poems that I don't have to teach or do any other work. I would be also be honored to be asked to teach anywhere um, and be happy to do it, which is the political answer I should have given first. Um, but uh, I think working with Words Apart will give me, a, and being the editor-in-chief will give me a leg up with other magazines. I'm hoping to also do some time at Plowshares before I graduate, just because their reputation is so good, so stellar. Oh, I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. So thank you very much for your time. Yeah, no problem. All right, have a great night. You too, bye. Bye. This has been The Pubcast. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback by visiting us on the web at www.thepubcast.org.